Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 28th day, pushing up. Close to the new year of December. I uh, got a game on tonight. Uh, Jets uh, playing, I want to say Joe Flacco, former Jet, playing against his old team. You know, this guy went through a period here where Flacco was a um, bit of a journeyman quarterback there. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you a take on that. A, a late scratch, though. Uh, Mari Cooper, 260 yards last week. Now this week, he's not even uh, going to be able to play here. Browns are in good shape, though. Uh, the, they're the number one. Uh, have a shot, clean shot of the one seed, actually, and they're the number one, uh, uh, the top wild card team now at the five seed. So, uh, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Plus, uh, a lot of chirping going on. Huge games this weekend. A lot of chirping. I don't know why Jamar Chase said what he said, uh, but I tell you what, it's good for shows like mine. Adds a little. Uh, Spice of the Fire, Micah Parsons putting himself out there. Um, Micah Parsons also putting himself out there. Uh, a little update here on that Mark Cuban story with him selling. Um, and got a little bit more of an idea of what he's up to uh, with the approval sale of the Dallas Mavericks as well. Jalen Monroe takes a shot at former uh, former. Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien at the, uh, uh, I think it was an Alabama media day for this weekend, or what do you, I guess it is technically part of the three-day weekend, uh, the semifinal between Alabama and Michigan. I'll play that bite as well. Uh, a lot of lessons learned here, a lot of good opinions here. I've got quite a bit. It's just, like I said, that's pretty much the theme. It's just a lot of, and quite frankly, I'm excited about it. It's great for shows like mine there. Carlos, Pickles, good to see you folks. Uh, we'll go ahead and take our first and only break. I'll hit the ground running here in 49 seconds on Sportscope. Hello, Sportscope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder. If you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. Okay, yeah, uh, quick take here. Uh, Jets, Browns, again, no Mari Cooper. This is played at Cleveland tonight. Uh, it's a seven-point spread there. Trevor Simeon getting the second spark for the Jets here. And uh, just a quick take. I, I think the Browns will win. I think the Browns will win. I wouldn't touch that seven-point spread. Got a feeling it's going to be about a 23 uh, to 17 type of game. I'm giving a little love to the Jets here, but I do think the Browns will win it, which means that would be a push on the spread of seven points. 
again, wouldn't touch that spread with a 10-foot pole. I would just take Browns to win at home. Uh, but, you, hey, you never know. That's why you play the games here. Uh, so they're going to give Amari Cooper another week to uh, uh, to heal up. Doesn't look like it's nothing serious. Just looks like the Browns are preparing to make a run and they don't want to uh, mess up a chance with their leading receiver and their newly acquired quarterback uh, that's hit the fountain of youth here. <laughs> you know, thinking about Flacco here, uh, um, uh, Carlos says, go, go Jets, sack Flacco. Yeah, Flacco, that was the problem with Flacco. Once he left, uh, once he basically got pushed out of town in Baltimore, uh, he, sl- he he never really lived up to that 2012 playoff run. You know, after that, he got his ring with, with the Ravens, 2012-2013. That offense started to stall a little bit. They missed on a few receivers. And uh, then they took a chance on this young guy out of Louisville here. Uh, drafted him in the first round. That was Lamar Jackson. And the rest became uh, history here. The rest became history with um, – with, with the Mar taking over there and Flacco kind of bouncing around the league. So the criticisms are valid of Flacco. I used to, uh, I know he was with the Jets. I kind of, he got bounced around the league here and there, but when he would get picked up other than this little run here at 38 with the Browns, uh, I would see him be a stick man back there and he gets sacked a lot. You know, I would take the defenses against him. Heck he had a, his first game with Cleveland. He had a bad game against the Rams here, and they lost that game as well. So, but he he's had the uh, he he's uh, that's you got to credit Kevin Stefanski uh, for getting him up to par pretty quickly. And now the Browns are a legit playoff contender, and Kevin Stefanski uh, is probably the lead candidate. I mean, we got two more games, and these games are huge for Coach of the Year for the second time. I want to say since two thousand nineteen. Due to this, he would be the fourth quarterback here. All right, but uh, interesting story here. Okay, so that that's that's my take, and it's kind of a bore. God, Jets Browns. I mean, I I know that Browns are in it, but it just sounds boring if you say it out loud, right? All right, now, uh, funny little spice here. I love it when the players get round up about what they hear off the media. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this before with uh, what sport did you play? Uh, who was it? Um, Rashard Manning Hall a couple of weeks ago. They, he's getting mad at, he's talking about the who, who are these white guys on TV who can't play football, criticizing, uh, talking about Mike Tomlin and you, I, I hate the whole you you didn't play thing. Just because I didn't play doesn't mean that if I watch a game that you against your peers, I can't just say state the obvious. Uh, you know that the team's playing bad. So this thing is kind of going on on the internet now. Colin Cowherd, who uh, is a little bit ticked off because he picked Dallas to beat Miami, and they didn't beat Miami. You know. But then he says, listen, Miami, and this is all true. This was true coming into that game. They haven't beat anybody over 500 this year. And he also said, 
uh, pointed out, and I didn't know this about about Miami, but this is also these are just the truth. I mean, I don't know why uh, Tyreek Hill's got to get mad. Uh, they've got one win in 23 years in the playoffs. The Dolphins have. The Dolphins have been a bit chaotic under owner Stephen Ross here, and it is what it is. So Tyreek Hill, he says. What sport has this thug played again? He calls Kyle Callard a thug, you know, a, a 55 or 56-year-old sportscaster, a thug. And, and so they, they get all ticked off here, these players here. And listen, I mean, somebody else put this with under uh, uh, put this under Tyreek Hill's timeline. He put this on the X out. Tyreek Hill put that out there. That uh, the Dolphins are one and three against winning teams. They average 18 points a game, 326 yards, point differential minus 47. Some some fan put that out there, and all this stuff's true. I've, I've been reading this for a while about the Dolphins. Uh, and then, of course, against losing teams, we know what they did against Denver. Uh, they're 10 and one. They score 35 and a half points a game, 442 yards, point differential. Plus 96. They're like Tyson. And back in the 80s and 90s, they would beat up on the tomato cans and have trouble against your Evander Holy. And I love Tyson. I love because Tyson's a shorter fighter. Uh, you know, I was bullied a lot, learned how to handle myself, but I was a shorter fighter too in middle school and everything. But the truth was, Tyson did struggle against the more taller, skilled fighters. Uh, your Vander Holyfield, your Lennox Lewis's. Heck, you're even Buster Douglas, and he wasn't even that great. Uh, so, same thing with with, uh, and I talked about it last week with um, with uh, who was it? Um, oh God, I can't remember. Uh, Dallas as well, you know. So I'm saying, you know, something something had to give here. So uh, I love it when it gets the the uh, the players wound up, and I say all this because the biggest game of this week. The biggest game of this week is going to be involved with Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's got uh, he had nine catches, ninety nine yards in that Cowboy game when he was supposed to be limited all week. He seems to be about as close to a hundred percent as he's going to be here. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. Now Jalen Waddle. I don't think he's going to play. He's got a mild, from what I hear and read. Uh, Jalen Waddle's got a mild high ankle sprain, all right? But that being said, if you just kind of read between the lines in this Miami and Baltimore game, you get a sense that even though the point spread is three and a half, uh, Baltimore minus three and a half, basically four points here, uh, it is in Baltimore, Um. I'm not going to, I mean, this will be a game that I'm going to talk about tomorrow as far as actual uh, making a prediction on with uh, Carlos Madden, New Yorker Chavez. It's one of the biggest games of the week, in my opinion. It is the biggest game of the week. Um, but you got to look at it this way Miami played at home on Sunday, uh, took care of business, beat Dallas, close game 22 20. They have, the Jalen Waddle issue. They've had a lot of offensive line that's been limited during the week here. Um, everything I'm reading from Cameron Wolf, this guy, 
uh, covers the Dolphins pretty extensively. He thinks that all these guys are going to play as far as the offensive line. He does not think, and Adam Scheffner second this with his sources with ESPN, he don't think Waddle played. The flip side, Baltimore, big emotional game, Monday night, beat up on the 49ers, uh, late night, Monday night game, flown across the country to San Francisco, coming back home, and this is a 1 p.m. Eastern start time game against the, the, the Dolphins here uh, with the potential one seed, with the potential one seed on the line. Now, listen, Miami's got to play Buffalo next week, who thumped them uh, in Buffalo about, a, uh, what, a couple months ago, earlier in the season. And ironically, the Ravens have to play the Steelers, who may have Kenny Pickett back. Now, I think actually Kenny Pickett's ready uh, but they're going to go with Mason Rudolph this week at Seattle. That's a big game for them, too, as well. Steelers are still mathematically in it. Seattle's still mathematically in it, hanging on there to get into a wild card spot. I actually, actually think Seattle's still technically in it. Uh, so both of them could lose out. Both of them could lose out, uh, uh, essentially. Uh, you could have a scenario where, my, well, if Miami loses one, I think they're out of it out of the one seed um, thing there. But say, for instance, it, uh, what if the Ravens lose to Miami? What if they lose to Miami and then they turn around and lose? But by the way, Pittsburgh beat them earlier this year. People will say, well, they outplayed them. Listen, listen, I, I, San Francisco moved the ball up and down on Baltimore, but Baltimore got the win. It's 33-19. Uh, Baltimore moved the ball up and down on Pittsburgh. Not as much because Pittsburgh was healthy earlier. And we know how good Pittsburgh's front seven is. They match up well against Baltimore. They always have. Uh, but Baltimore, or the Steelers found a way to win that game, folks. Uh, could they beat them again? Yeah. 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 Ask, ask uh, John Harbaugh. He he has nightmares about that Steelers team. But anyways, my point is, this game's still huge, though. This is huge. Um, Cal Hamilton, uh, he would have been the MVP of – Sunday night or Monday night against the 49ers, three interceptions against Brock Purdy. Now he got a knee injury towards the end of that, uh, re-aggravated something, came out of the game, uh, has not practiced all week. Uh, he's saying it's day by day. The team reporter is saying it's day by day. He might not play Sunday, and I've read that their, their secondary is nowhere near as good. Now they're not going to be dealing with Waddle but they're going to be dealing with Tyreek Hill uh, and this quick twitch offense. Listen, the defense of, of the, the Dolphins has gotten tremendously uh, much better uh, over the last few weeks. I want to say they're number one in the league in points allowed. They have actually done really well, the Dolphins have, defensively, and massive improvement since um, Jalen Ramsey has came back they have done uh, massive improvements. You know, if it wasn't for a, a couple of fluke turnovers here and uh, Tennessee's defense playing over their uh, skis here, uh, they, they would have been on like a five or six game winning streak here. So uh, also not to mention the fact, I know people's looking at Baltimore. They're in my number one on my power rankings. Uh, they have, I think they have six wins versus teams over 500. They're kicking butt. 
That being said, all that being said, Tua is 2-0 and against Baltimore, okay? Uh, they, it was a wild shootout in September last year. Pickles, if you remember, uh, came back like a house of fire and, and beat Baltimore towards the very end of that game. The year before that, down in Miami, uh, Baltimore was favored in that game. Uh, it was – it was. Um, oh, God, uh, uh, Jeez, uh, uh, Baltimore on the road here. I just totally uh, forgot the name of their freaking quarterback's name at uh, the the Ravens quarterback here. <laughs> Been talking about this guy like nobody's business. But anyways, he plays. Everybody's healthy, you know, uh, somewhat healthy. Nobody's 100%. December. I mean, we're talking week 16, you know, uh, no, nobody is, is a hundred percent. Lamar Jackson. Thank you. Uh, so Lamar Jackson, two has beat him twice, you know, both games. I thought, you know, Raven's going to kill these guys, man. This guy, this two, a kid, he can't get it. He can't get away. You've got, uh, they leave the league in sacks, ball hawking secondary out there. And, you know, they, they played well in 21. Uh, they played well last year. Remember, Lamar was healthy last year. Ravens had a big lead, and they just came back at the end and beat them. So the fact that, that the Ravens played that late game on uh, Monday night, big emotional game, and you, you're giving over 40, uh, I'm going to say 48, uh, a 24 hours and something uh, turnaround there or uh, – advancement there and the, the fact that it's an early start time game a lot of guys have not practiced for the ravens this week ravens are a deeper team uh this will be a good game i don't know how it's going to end i want to read tomorrow's injury report and see if kyle hamilton's going to play i'm not expecting Jalen waddle to play but with the even without Jalen waddle i wouldn't totally rule out the fact of a miami because now that tyreek hill has said that now that he's hearing that noise, you know, just like last week when Lamar heard the noise of a Mike Florio, another guy, he's just opinion guy. What are these players thinking? But I do like the fact that a response, it's great for our show. It's great for my show. You know, I, I do like that. Um, but he, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, it's NBC affiliate there that they own now that he created website. He says they're going to get their butts kicked by the 49ers. And Lamar himself says, okay, yeah, what's that Mike Florio saying? We're just going to get beat like that with that record. And they both had the same record. Um, so he gets all hyped up. So they play up the big David and Goliath underdog. Now their roles, the Ravens, this switch is now their Goliath. And now the Miami Dolphins are David. So, now the Dolphins are going to play that up with Christian Wilkins, who's playing well on the defensive line there also. Um, not sure if Raheem Mostert is going to play, but I'm reading that all these guys are going to play him, Devon Achin, uh, at running back there as well. Uh, my thing is uh, you're going to have to get Cedric Wilson involved if, if, uh, if Waddle's not going to play. We know Tyreek is going to get a lot of coverage even – when he's out there, uh, we already know that. 
but I don't think Waddle's going to play. If he does, maybe he's mainly a decoy. So I'm not totally writing off the fact. If you just look at this from the outside and didn't know any of that background and you watched the Ravens play this year and you watched um, and you watched this uh, Miami team play, you'll say the Ravens run them off the field. I said that a month ago, not even a month ago. We were talking three weeks ago when the Ravens played the uh, the Rams. And, of course, it was it was a run back on, on uh, the Rams pushed them all the way to overtime. And the difference between the Rams and the difference between this Miami Hurricane or Hurricanes, <laughs> Hurricanes lost, actually. <laughs> the Rutgers beat them. Um, and this Dolphin team is they've got elite secondary players as well. When you got Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, and this Javon, I think his name is Holland uh, Jet Feds. You'll know who I'm talking about. He's the guy that picked off, um, picked the Jets off, uh, and, and and ran it back off that hell Mary like ninety something yards. It was hundred and twenty something yards total yards ran. Javon Holland or whatever. Uh, so they've got a really good secondary here. This is going to be a much more interesting game than you would think if you just looked at it at first glance, you would think the Ravens will kill them. But you know the fact that this team has played the Ravens over the past couple of years, uh, the latest being last year, uh, it's always about the individual matchups. I should have caught that uh, when I made my prediction last week, uh, talking about uh, even though I thought that, uh, you know, what was being said about the 49ers was true, that, hey, you know, linebacker safety, uh, they had the speed to hang with Lamar. The truth of it was uh, Lamar was 19-1 and one against NFC teams. And also look at the fact that uh, Brock Purdy hasn't really faced a defense player-for-player player secondary as good as the Ravens, and it showed last Monday night. So it's all about those individual matchups there, you know. So you got to keep that in mind. But so now Tyreek has got some fuel. Uh, Ravens are playing Goliath. How are they going to be able to get up? Uh, they're very deep. They're well coached. Um, this will be a tight game. This will be a tight game any way you shake it. I mean, I'm leaning Ravens, but I actually may pick the Dolphins to win this game. And uh, we'll see. But I like it when these sports guys – I like it when these uh, sports guys really amp up the uh, really amp up the players like that. You know, <laughs> Carlos makes a good point. He he might not get. Uh, you know, I forgot. Yes, Brock Purdy's coming back from an injury. Uh, that's a good point there. You know, I forgot about the comeback player of the year. Remember, he had this elbow surgery. We it looked very. Uh, that was a gruesome looking injury. Hassan Reddick put on Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game last year in the first drive there. Pretty hanging on to the ball too long. Uh, had, had extensive elbow surgery. A lot of people uh, freaking out about that, uh, saying he might not play again. They need a backup. Uh, they immediately signed, as soon as free, uh, free agency begun, the 49ers signed Sam Darnold. Uh wasn't really sure. Then pretty he 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 does a pretty good job uh, rehabbing, right? He does a good job 
rehabbing there, and then he ends up coming back and uh, making uh, – he plays in, in the preseason, looks great. And then the very first game against a wicked pass rush led by T.J. Watt, he carves up that Steeler defense like a uh, pumpkin on Halloween. What was it like 31 to 3? 31 to 3. So, uh, yeah, he may very well get comeback player of the year. And they're still in line. They got to play Washington this week. Uh, Washington may give them a little bit of punch back because they're coming off of a short week. Not sure if uh, Trent Williams is going to play at left tackle. He thinks he will. And uh, Kyle Shanahan says that uh, uh, Pretty's got a stinger on his shoulder. He should be back as well. They will probably light up the commanders. The commanders may give them some pushback because they're playing on a short week too, but they've been humiliated all week. And uh, even speaking of that, Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons, Dallas Cowboys, Michael Parsons, He's taking a shot at Brock Purdy. He said MVP. What? Look at that. And he's he's trying to he's trying to commend. Uh, I think he's trying to commend Lamar Jackson. Man, he's taking these shots at, at the 49ers. And of course, Debo Samuel's like, man, are you serious, dude? I mean, we just beat y'all 42 to 10. Why are you worried about us? You know? Uh, let us handle this thing. And I thought, man. Then of course, uh, of course, uh, um, everybody clobbers Micah Parsons for saying that. I mean, they're just showing like the box score. Remember, the 49ers beat the Cowboys last year in the playoff game, and I want to say they handled them pretty good in the regular season last year. So they they're just getting dealt with all around. Parsons says, "Why is why is people worried about the messenger instead of the subject?" that Brock Purdy's not an MVP. I'm not one of these big awards people. I think it's over overrated. Who cares about that stuff? Now, if you want to get the Super Bowl MVP, that's great. That's an actual ring, you know. But I kind of thought that Purdy and um, Christian McCaffrey would take away from each other anyways. It probably should go to, I was thinking at one point, maybe a Jalen Hurts, and now it looks like maybe a Lamar Jackson or – you know, a little bit of a long shot, a Tyreek Hill. Now, if Tyreek Hill balls out and they beat the Ravens come Sunday, which they could, then he jumps back into the driver's seat. Um, but who, who who knows, man? Who knows? So anyways, I say all that. I say all that because now coming off a two-game, going back to Dallas, a two-game losing streak, okay, now the heat is on him to play well. You know, he got he got some flack from uh, the guys that uh, – who was it? Um, I can't remember. Uh, unplugged or whatever. Uh, either way, a lot of the uh, – a lot of your um, – uh, uh, God, what's the name of that show? It was one of the Fox shows. We'll skip Bayless on it. Undisputed, excuse me. He's getting flack from 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 the players on there. Uh, other than Michael Irvin, he could say what he wants to say. You know, Michael, former Cowboy, he's going to you know defend part. And I love Parsons. I'm so glad they drafted him. I think he plays a big role uh, in what Dallas has done. I still stand by what I said. I think this is the best team 
since the Jim Jeffco Dallas Cowboy teams that won two Super Bowls. Not saying they're as good, they're the best since. I, I never believed in the Tony Romo teams. The Tony Romo teams never won a road playoff game. Looks like Dallas may play at Tampa again. You know, it's almost a repeat of last year, right? If Tampa takes care of business against New Orleans and finishes out, and um, but I, I think Dallas would go there and beat them again, you know? So I do like Parsons. I do think that he uh, he's right there to get uh, defensive player of the year, although Miles Garrett is killing it as well. Uh, that could come down to the last few games. So now it, the, 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 wit, the, the, the pressure is on him to perform. He's opened his mouth, took some shots, got clobbered, getting clobbered on sports TV, uh, sports talk shows, on social media. Now he's got to show up and play against Detroit come Saturday night. Now, listen, I actually think they're going to play well against Detroit, okay? Uh, I didn't do uh, too many picks against the spread this week, but I will say this. I I will say this. That's one I like now because I didn't like any of the spreads this week, folks. Um, They were like six-and-a-half-point favorites against Detroit. Now it's down to four-and-a-half. That's a good number for for Dallas fans. Uh, We know the difference in Dallas at home. Uh, I think they they, they beat the Rams by three scores. The Rams turned out to be a pretty good team this year. They're also in the playoff hunt as well. Okay, uh, Detroit, they went on the road last week, big emotional win, beat the Minnesota Vikings there, first divisional win since 1993. Jared Goff has been asked about this all week. He says, listen, we are, and he says this two or three times in the press conference, Pickles, and I know he's already sensing this is a problem. He said, this is not our goal. It's great for the fans. Uh, the city of Detroit, we're, we're proud of this, but our job is not finished. we got to take care of business. And he keeps saying it over and over again, Carlos. So uh, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, because uh, you know y'all are going to be flat against Dallas next next week. Or there's a good chance on a short week on the road, Dallas going in the other direction, they've lost two straight. They're ticked off. Um, Parsons knows people's been calling him out all week for talking about Brock Purdy when they got handled by the 49ers, 42 to 10. Uh, they're going to come out like a house of fire. You know, this feels like a 30 to 21, 30 to 20 Dallas Cowboy game here. Uh, I think, uh, this is one that I would play against the spread here. All right. Four and a half points, minus four and a half Dallas at home Saturday night. Uh, the Ring of Honor game for finally, after 30 years, right? It's going to be Jimmy Johnson uh, put into the Ring of Honor pickles. This is a big, big spectacle coming up in Dallas on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be a standalone game. The Cowboys are going to play well. Dak's going to play well. Uh, last year, they beat Detroit. Last year, they beat Detroit like 24-6. to That was the game where Detroit had their come-to-Jesus moment here. Uh, and and uh, remember, they fired uh, 
the defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. I thought he was going to get fired. They end up firing their secondary coach. That was during their one and six stint here, the Detroit Lions. And then, uh, but like I said, Dallas handled them. Dallas handled them pretty good. Now, we're talking about a totally different team. That team did not have uh, these first round picks who were just balling out Jabari Gibbs, uh, uh, Porsche, whatever his name is, the tight end there. Very good offensive line playing better. Jared Goff playing better. Team just playing better on both sides. But they're back in. It's weak, and Dallas will take advantage of it. Looks like uh, Tyrone Smith, he's doubtful, did not play last week at left tackle against Miami. Now it looks like he's questionable. Uh, Dallas is saying that he's trending towards playing. So everything leans like Dallas is going to – I could see Detroit being flat. Pickle says, uh, go Lions, we'll show up. I doubt it. Uh, I'll be surprised if they show up for this game because it is a road game. They went on the road to Detroit, or they went on the road to Minnesota, got the big road win against them. Then they had to go fly back to Detroit. Now they got to come down to Dallas on a short week, playing a ticked-off team that matches up really well against them. Um, I would be surprised if Detroit's not flat in this game uh, coming up. I think Jared Goff kind of sensed that in the press conference because Detroit has been flat before. We saw them against Green Bay on Thanksgiving Day. The time they got it together, uh, Green Bay just kept pouring it on. You know, they kept pouring it on them. And uh, did they lose? Yeah. And also, they went on. They went to Chicago and played. So, and then they got beat by Chicago a couple of weeks later. Detroit on the road, not as I don't really got the love for them as I do Detroit at home. They're a young team. They're growing. Young teams tend to go tend to go through this, so I definitely like Dallas. That is that is one of my picks against the spread. My only pick, really, against the spread here. Okay, speaking of trash talk, like I said, I remember reading this all day long. I didn't know what direction I was going to go in today's program, but I, I got this cut here, Jamar Chase. He was out last week. They got handled, too, by the way. Steelers beat up on them. Uh, I should have known to take the Steelers with their back against the wall at home. Uh, quarterback change with experience. Not a great quarterback, but experience. Much better than Trubisky. Mason Rudolph ha had a good game last week. And, uh, you know, 34-11 beat up on Cincinnati, who was just a shell of themselves off defensively. Uh, just DJ Ritter, their defensive tackles out. I should have caught on to that. But Jamar Chase is back this week. Uh, they're playing at Kansas City. This was supposed to be in the premier game. This game would have been flexed out if Joe Burrow would have been still playing and not hurt. Uh, but it hasn't. Remember, Kansas City played Monday. Cincinnati played Saturday. I know. Uh, listen. You know, Travis Kelce explained why he was so ticked off. Uh, he's just saying, listen, I'm just playing bad. He, 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 you know, essentially apologized about, you know, acting the way he did, you know, cracking his helmet on the ground. And, you know, uh, Andy Reid trying to tell him to calm down on the sideline. He talked about that. But listen to Jamar Chase, who's back healthy again from a shoulder injury himself. 
in the locker room taking shots, taking shots at the Kansas City secondary today with the media, which really adds a lot of hype to it, if you ask me. Jamar Chase. So much that I can do myself. It's not like I'm Iron Man. I can't throw the football to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a team sport. At the end of the day, it's just I know what I see on paper. I know what I see in game. That's why they double everybody because they can't do it one on one. The best player on their team is Snead. That's a fact. Everybody knows that. That's why they double double everything they see. They just got well, they drafted two new corners. That's longer. They're trying to match Snead. That's why Snead at corner now. I already know it. Like it's, I'm not bugged about it. They know I, they know I'm good. They know how to play us. That's what it is. But it's not like they got a superstar on their defense. Who? I can't remember. Who? I don't even know who that is. That number six. And and the guys are asking him. They're asking Jamar Chase. He's like, I don't even know who that is. Who's that number six? Yeah, now, he, he says, it ain't got nobody that can guard anybody, if you couldn't hear that well. He said, it, it is double-team a bunch of people. Now, Snead is playing well. He's right about that. Now, I'm in Nashville. I, I, I tell Nashvillians, uh, ask me about the Titans. They've got $84 million. That Part of that money needs to go to uh, – Snead's going to be a free agent. Go sign him. Uh, he, he is a very good corner. Um, but the, Jamar Chase – We've watched the games. He he's going to get a lot of targets. You know, he's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, they're going to have to run the ball like nobody's bit. Now, of course, he's poking the bear. Kansas City's already ticked off. I mean, they are furious about losing that Raider game in the way that they did. Hardly any passes thrown in the second half. You know, I want to say that Aiden O'Connell didn't throw a pass in the second half. I know that, um, let me go back to my notes here. I know that Zamir White had 22 carries, 145 yards. Very physical game against that Kansas City team. But listen, you say, look at the flip side. I just mentioned Cincinnati's defense. It's not that good either. It's not it, – it, it is just D.J. Ritter being out, um, plus Jesse uh, – they, they lost their free agent there, Bates. Uh, lost him to at, – at safety. Lost him to Atlanta. Got a lot of young players back there. Uh, they're just not as good as they've been. I mean, I was looking at their record – or I was looking at some of their standings on defense – uh, Cincinnati's 31st in total defense. Uh, they're like uh, 25th against the run. It, I mean, if this could be a low scoring game, I mean, you say you say Kansas City, Cincinnati a year ago, that could have been a man. I mean, that's 35 38 action, right? But if you look at this game now, if you look at this game now, uh, for, for the situation of both teams. Which you got a backup quarterback here. He's played well. He got three picks last week, but uh, I mean the game plan for Cincinnati should be, and they've got a good offensive line this year. It's much improved. 
talked about Orlando Brown yesterday, this would be a lot of Joe Mixon. He would get 22 to 25 carries here, and then, then you alternate one of your backups there. Uh, I mean, do you want to play them the way Denver played them? Denver had about 40 rushes against Kansas City. Listen, Cincinnati played Tuesday. Again, Kansas City, like the 49ers and the Raiders, and, of course, the Ravens, uh, you know, Giants, and, of course, Eagles, too, they all played Monday, okay? This team played Saturday. They're going to have a jump here. I was a little worried. I was talking to my dad the other day, and I said, listen, you know, uh, the Raiders played the Thursday prior. They had a lot of extra time uh, before uh, they had a few extra days rested legs out of their running back. Remember, they blew out the Chargers. The Chargers went on and fired Brandon Staley. I said, this is a mere white guy. Uh, he was the backup for Josh Jacobs, who was out Monday. I said, this guy could have a big game here, and uh, possibly the Chiefs could be in trouble, even though they're 10.5-point favorites. For whatever reason, I don't know why this is, but the Raiders play the Chiefs better in Kansas City than they did in Vegas, and the truth came out. Well, we saw what happened Monday. They got the win. Was it 21-16? Nobody saw that coming. I thought that, you know, like everybody on the planet thought that um, that was the highest-rated game that Patrick Mahomes, who's must-see TV, was going to rally the Chiefs and they were going to win. You know, Rashid Rice can't do anything. Kelsey's lost a step, and uh, he does not trust those tackles. Uh, it is what it is. You know, it simply is what it is. So that game, what if the, the, the Bengals beat the Chiefs again? You know, then the Chiefs – what? Okay, now we know that Jared Stidham, we know that uh, uh, Jared Stidham is going to be playing with Denver and they play the Chargers. What if he does give a spark to Denver? What if they do beat um, uh, the L.A. Chargers? What if they do beat the Chargers? Who would have thought that Denver would have caught Kansas City? Now, hey, listen. Anything can happen. I think Kansas City, we've seen how the last game, the last game they, they lost. They went on the road and beat uh, the Patriots and covered that nine-and-a-half spread. I joked around with that uh, to Keith Engel about that particular game. I joked around with them. So these are going to be great games. I mean, these are, these are going to be intense, close uh, uh, games here, you know. And quite frankly, if the spread goes up, I don't mean to check that spread, I may take Cincinnati in the points. Who would have said that six weeks ago when um, – who would have said that six weeks ago when Joe Burrow went down? Yeah, it's seven points. If this goes up to like nine or ten and a half, I mean, Joe Mixon, if he gets in the rhythm early in this game – and, uh, you know, you see um, – I mean, I don't think it could happen, but you never know. And, and you see uh, um, Sarah Godwin Mahomes getting getting frustrated here. You know, anything can happen. And, of course, Denver's three-and-a-half-point favorites against the L.A. Chargers. Uh, yeah, I think the Denver probably will beat them. I think Denver 
I think that really got their attention with Stidham. You know, uh, Sean Payton liked Jared Stidham in the offseason and immediately signed him, paid him more uh, than, than anybody would have thought a backup would get of his status. Denver just got knocked out uh, by you from that Wilson deal. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that Wilson thing. Now I also read today, speaking of the Russell Wilson deal, that he's got a no-trade clause. So there's no way with the fallout that Wilson had during the season. Now, that's what we know. That's what we know, okay? The fallout that we've had with um, – that he had with, with Sean Payton, he's not going to waive that uh, – he's not going to waive that no-trade clause, you know? He's not going to waive that. They're going to have to cut him and eat part of that. We, hey, it's Deontay Wilder. I wonder if that really is you, man. <laughs> Good fighter there, brother. Good fighter. Appreciate it, Deontay. All right. Uh, Hackett hasn't proven that he's a good coach or an offensive. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Hackett, you know. Uh, but then again, is it Pete Carroll? Is it Sean Payton? Russell's got to take some accountability here on his own here. So it's uh, even your biggest Russell Wilson fans, your guys like Mark Schlereff, uh, he says he don't think there'll be a market for Russell Wilson. Colin Cowherd's a huge Russell Wilson guy. He's a Washington native. And he's like, listen, man. Um, he's like, listen, man. Um, I mean, Pete Carroll had a problem with him. It's Hackett. Remember the let Russ cook thing? And now it's Sean Payton. I mean, maybe Hackett, that part's probably true. But you're talking about two Super Bowl winning quarter uh, head coaches there with, with Sean Payton and Pete Carroll. So all that being said, for the right money, for the right money, he would be a good fit with the Atlanta Falcons or, or, or a Minnesota Vikings type of team. Now, if the Titans could get him for like $7 million, you know, a Ron Tannehill back in the day type of contract. Because listen, folks, or somebody brought up the Giants too. Somebody else brought up uh, Fox Sports posted, what about the Raiders? Well, I mean, with Aiden O'Connell, do you really want to go with Aiden O'Connell, who I don't even think he completed a pass in, in, in the fourth quarter? So, you know, it's uh, he's going to have a little bit of a market. I, I do disagree with Mark Schlereff. Especially if, like I said, is he really going to agree to a trade? Is he really going to agree to a trade? He'd just get a whole new contract, and it'll probably be a proven contract with another team. And it, like a, you know, a Falcons or somebody, and you know, would he go there compete with with Daniel Jones and the New York Giants? I don't know. If I'm Brian the Ball, I'd bring him in. I will bring him in and, and see, you know. So uh, Daniel Jones has not done that much this year, even though he did get hurt. And people are saying the commanders, that we don't know who the coach or commanders, anything, any of that nature is going to be. Okay. Uh, got uh, 47 minutes in. I don't want to get too far behind. You know, so Chris Rock. Changing gears here, going to the college football game. 
Chris Rock says he wished his kid would have got bullied more. <laughs> and what he was getting at, talk about his little girl. He said, you know, I kind of wish that they would have got um, headed harder. You know, talk about his daughter. He says, listen, I was bullied. He said his head, somebody put his head in the toilet and all that stuff. Uh, really bad. And he says, listen, a lot of the great stuff we have out here right now are because somebody was mistreated, somebody was doubted. Talk about these cell phones, great inventions, airplanes. So he's doing it all in a comedy bit, right? So I say all that. I say all that. Uh, we always look for something. I've told you before on this program, I've, I've talked about the you don't make me, you can't break me, the Dion comments here. Uh, I've talked about how people mock me when I've took big ventures in my life. I've used it for motivation. I know exactly who those people are. Uh, I, I suspect a few others, you know, dogging me out, wrong side of the track. And, and it's all fuel to keep you up in the morning. Jalen Monroe is at some kind of Alabama media day, takes a shot at Bill O'Brien. Listen to this today here came out. Uh, Bill O'Brien, former offensive coordinator with the Alabama, now he's with the back with back with the um, New England Patriots. Shoot, you know, all my life, even when I was in college, shoot my own. Well, you're still in college. What do you mean, even when I was in college? But okay, he, he kind of misspoke here. Jalen Monroe here at the media day uh, before the big playoff game Monday against Michigan. It's the coordinator, Bill O'Brien, told me I shouldn't play quarterback. So, you know, there's a lot of things I can, you know, have motivation on, and that is something I have motivation from. What was your reaction to Bill O'Brien telling you that you shouldn't play quarterback? Do you remember how you felt when he said that? How would you feel if I told you you suck? I would like it. Okay, then. So that's exactly how I felt. You know what I'm saying? So, like, biggest thing for me, be true to myself and, you know, be, stay the same. You know, nothing changed about me. Only thing that changed me about is it was I had the opportunity and I seized it. And so, um, for me, you know, the biggest thing was just uh, stay true to myself and, uh, you know, add a bigger purpose to anyone's opinion. Is there a position he wanted you to play or said you should be this position or that position? Or is he just. I mean, he, he, I mean, he told me a bunch of minutes that I could have switched to, but look where I'm at right now. So, you know what I'm saying? So, who gets the last laugh? Shoot. <laughs> who, who gets the last laugh, Pickles? He he says, um, he, he said, he said who, who gets the last laugh? Uh, Alabama quarterback Jalen Monroe. Listen, Bill O'Brien's defense, uh, he, he's an old school guy. He's been around a while. He's coached in the NFL. Uh, remember, he coached in college, Penn State, for a while. Been assistant for many years. A little bit of a hothead. Uh, didn't like him as a general manager and a head coach. He, he coached Deshaun Watson. Had some uh, relatively uh, moderate to success there. Uh, Winning win division, winning some playoff games there down at Houston. And, of course, he coached Tom Brady as well. With, 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 he was the best assistant under... Um, under Bill Belichick, the rest of them were, were dreadful, to say the least. Remember, Mike Vrabel was a player. He was never an, an assistant coach under Bill Belichick. Uh, listen, what he was saying is what I've said about a lot of players before. Uh, anybody that, that that looks first, they snap the ball, 
then they look at their primary receiver, that guy's not open, and then they dart off and take off running the way Jalen Monroe did uh, when he came in um, in the middle of the game, not this past season, but last year for Bryce Young. Guy's a well of an athlete. I mean, he would be in a good receiver, good been a very good corner, world class speed. But he wasn't he wasn't taking his time making his reads. He was taking off running like like a jet. You know, had over a hundred yards. They ended up winning that Arkansas game. Uh, he had to start the very next game. We're going back to last year, twenty two, right? Then he plays uh, a very close, tight niche game against Texas A and M. Bryce Young comes back, wild shootout against Tennessee. That's last year. After seeing that, Bryce Young goes number one overall. Jalen Morrell still listed as number one. I thought they had some other transfers in there. I thought there's no way under the sun Monroe's going to get this job. Very shaky. Second week of the game, big upset, home loss against Texas. Remember that? Ten point. And then – he gets benched. They bring in another guy. The offense still struggles with UCF or something. But Monroe stayed with it, kept on working, had that Jalen Hurts mentality, also a guy from Texas, kept his head down, and gradually got better as the season went along, played really well against teams like, uh, I mean, had a big touchdown throw at the end against Auburn, but also against LSU, Uh Big second half against uh, Texas A&M, Tennessee, you name it. And, of course, the big one beat the number one team, uh, Georgia, just a few weeks ago, 27-24. Carlos nailed that score here. Uh, he, he He's being more patient in the pocket, and he's not using his legs as much. He will, kind of like a Lamar Jackson, and now he's getting very good write-ups, and he's going to come back next year. Okay, but I wouldn't have said that then. I would have waited until after the playoff game, but I guess he had some room to talk now because they did win the SEC championship game. They did beat the number one uh, team in the country when they were underdogs. So he still got a lot of room to grow. Uh, but listen, listen, that stuff, like Chris Rock said, hey, what people say, you know, you, I mean, why are you worried about other people's opinion? But that being said, you're still hearing it. You're still digesting it. Uh, use it for fuel. If we all were just told, hey, everything's going to be great, we all had the yellow brick road, there's no hardness, there's no resentment built up, uh, there's no inner motivation. My motivation is a lot stronger than somebody grew up upper middle class and on third base. You could see it in their face, like the, like the movie uh, Scarface with Al Pacino, talking about, uh, whatchamacallit, he said, that guy's soft. You know, talking about uh, Omar here. So, uh, Rush, show me the money. <laughs> so, anyways, nice little motivational thing there by Jalen Monroe. Uh, another quick story here. Okay, uh, I did want to touch on this Mark Cuban NBA story here. Got about five minutes here. Now, Mark Cuban, the Board of Governors, which is the other owners, in the NBA, have approved this sale, we talked about a few weeks ago, of the Cavs. Uh, I read this from ABC News. Mark Cuban says the change in NBA landscape led him to sell of the Mavs to the casino families. 
Uh, Mark Cuban sees future of NBA ownership where advantages will be in real estate. So uh, looking at it, it looks like that he's going to go into the real estate business. Guy's 65 years old, $3.5 billion, I think, is what he's got here for the Mavericks. Uh, I, what I'm getting at, reading this article, he's going to make a push. Uh, yes, the Addison family. He's going to make a push to get uh, legalized gambling in the state of Texas and build casinos. Uh, buy the real estate for the casinos to be built. Uh, it's a big, big turn at 65. I, I read the T. Boone Pickens book. He he said his big uh, uh, Oklahoma billionaire, uh, biggest donation, T. Boone Pickens. He's an oil guy uh, to the Oklahoma State football uh, universe or to the university. Uh, they built a, a billion dollar donation about 15 year, years ago. Biggest one ever heard of at the time. Uh, said, listen, people, uh, do not give up on making big moves late in life. He said his biggest move was in his 60s. Uh, it was not in his 40s and 50s. It was in his 60s. Uh, Mark Cuban, 65, going into this real estate venture. I think he's going to get into the sports gambling casino. Obviously, you can't do that if you own a team. That would be a conflict of interest. Uh, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, when this story first broke, I had my doubts he was going to run for president. Okay. Uh, I think what a lot of people are seeing, whether you love or hate Trump or anybody else that comes out of nowhere, any kind of public figure, uh, they go into your background closet. And my guess is uh, he don't want, Mark Cuban does not want any skeletons coming out. So I, I, was, I was very, very skeptical of him. Now, I noticed he flirted with it, but I think after after he seen what Trump and all these other people went through, even the current president with his son, he don't want any part of that stuff. He doesn't want any part of politics. So he's wanting to go in a casino. Maybe maybe he, he makes a big uh, move and builds all these places, gets them leased out, resells them, and he's worth maybe $7 billion. Maybe he's got this 10-year plan in his head, and he's worth seven, eight, ten billion. And then he buys the he buys the, the Mavericks back at 75. That's how Mark Cuban thinks. He's still thinking like he's still 40 years old and ambitious, trying to break out of the tech industry and, and buy this basketball team. I think he bought them for like 200 and sold it for three something, but uh, it may have been less than that. I can't remember what the numbers is. I'll have to go back and see what these numbers are that he bought this for. But uh, it seems like he got a really good deal here. Uh, 65, this article says 65-year-old insisted he would have a final say in hiring and firing coaches and signing off on free agents unless we're going – uh, what did he say? Not that is not the part that he said. But basically, um, he he made a lot of money. It was a big turnaround here, uh, a big profit that he made. Uh, I mean, they, they were a dumpster fire uh, in '99 and 2000 when he bought this team. And of course, that was when Dirk Nowinski was first drafted. He was like in his second or third year. Cuban builds up the team around him. Uh, made his money through tech. I want to say it was some kind of broad 
broadcasting a sports online type of business. Uh, big thing at that time uh, that Mark Cuban had done. So interesting guy. Uh, Going to be interesting to see what he does with this casino thing going into the future. Uh, but the way he talked about the streaming of, of the NBA landscape, he sounds cynical of it, of, of the landscape here. So maybe and that was another theory I threw out there. Maybe he does have issues with this whole China thing. And, and, and streaming rights and everything. So uh, he, he's always working on two or three things at once. That's why I became a billionaire. He's always looking at uh, two or three steps ahead of um, ahead of where he thinks industries may go. Okay. Uh, I always thought he was a fascinating guy. Uh, curious to see what his next move is here in Mark Cuban. He, he's like the everyday sports fan coming into a huge, huge lottery buying a team. I thought that was that was really cool when he finally got his chance with the Winsky back in 2010. They, they beat that Heat team to win the championship. Um, there, there is a meme, Pickles, of him carrying that uh, trophy into a urinal uh, with him, carrying it around everywhere, taking it in the restroom with him. And I thought I think that was actually a real picture. It's funny. I guess he wants somebody to take a picture of him, uh, you know, using a urinal with that championship trophy. So, anyways, uh, I'll be back on here tomorrow. Carlos Madden, New Yorker Chavez, will go over the five biggest games. I'll give you my prediction for Baltimore-Miami. Uh, it's not as easy as one would think. I'm really torn between that particular game. And, of course, uh, games like Seattle, Pittsburgh, a lot of close games. Vikings, uh, they're, go they're going to go with another quarterback. Uh, Vikings now going against Green Bay. Green Bay will not have Jar Alexander. Remember, he's suspended for this game. That's a big Sunday night game as well, along with uh, Cincinnati, Kansas City. And I have to look. There may be some other playoff implication games tomorrow. We'll go over with them. So have a good night, everybody. I'll see you same time, same place here on Sports Scope.